All right, Hindside Hackers. Uh, today, we are joined by Mr. Dan Warburton. He is a coach, an author, and the founder of Impact Focused Entrepreneurs. What's cool about this, Corey, is Dan gives our listeners something amazing that he gives right at the end of the show. So make sure you're listening all the way to the end. Yeah, I am. I'm very excited and uh, I can't wait to share with with uh, everyone exactly what Dan was sharing with us. So what do you say? Let's get to it. If you are like we were, stuck and searching, there is so much out there. We were searching and searching. So we decided to follow our passion of helping people achieve their goals, helping others that are feeling stuck. On this podcast, we plan to cut through all that noise, give you actionable steps from highly successful people so that you can have better foresight through others' hindsight. This is Hindsight Hacking. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on Hindsight Hacking. Our special guest today is a man by the name of Dan Warburton. He, ever since he was a young boy, he was always ambitious that his parents often told him to be realistic. He's been bullied at school, laughed at it by his school teachers for bad grades, and then he went on to fail in launching over 30 business ideas. So many years of failing caused him to hit deep depression, feel angry at the world as it seemed unfair. By his mid-30s, after completing over 200 courses in self-development, leadership, and entrepreneurship, he finally began to succeed in creating businesses that now enable him to live the lifestyle he always dreamed of. Because of all the years of endured failing before succeeding, he is now on a mission to use transformational coaching expertise to enable as many aspiring and committed entrepreneurs as possible to also succeed at creating and living their own dream lifestyle. As a result of fulfilling his life's purpose, he now has coached over a thousand entrepreneurs and has web spaces full of testimonials and professionals stating that they created results they never imagined possible. His first book, Dream It, Choose It, Live It, went to number seven Amazon bestsellers which was placed amongst the publications of other giants such as Elon Musk and Richard Branson. While his book is now recommended by the great Robin Sharma, the world-renowned leadership coach and author of the book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. As a result of all this, now he's regularly invited to speak in front of large audiences all over the world. Without any further delay, let me welcome the impact-focused entrepreneur's coach, Dan Warburton. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> absolutely amazing to be here thank you so much for such a, a warm welcome i was i was listening to that i was thinking was, is that me is that really me <laughs> Dan, yes, I, uh, i've been following you for a while now i'm i'm so happy that you're on our show but uh for the people that don't know you or follow you why don't you give them a little bit of a backstory about everything Corey just alluded to I, i've always been very very ambitious so at school, I just, I had a really hard time. I didn't fit in at all. I, I felt different and I, I was bullied a lot. And then throughout my sort of days as a, as a pupil at school, I just failed everything and I barely, barely scraped past and then ended up with a degree in what was called multidisciplinary three-dimensional design. 
Now, that might sound wow. really good. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to become an interior designer, but nobody knew what it was. So I thought, forget it. I'm going to go and do what I really enjoy. And I became a DJ. And that was really good fun. I mean, it was great, high energy. But the truth is, is I was like the kid in his early 20s. That had no future, no seeming, you know, uh, possibility of ever becoming prosperous or succeeding. And then I, I found myself in a really amazing, beautiful relationship. And then that ended after eight years. And so for the first time at the age of 32, I had to live on my own in a tiny little flat. And by then I failed in launching so many different business ideas. I tried launching a handyman business and that was good fun. I called myself Super Dan, the handyman. And I was driving around. I was knocking on doors in the freezing cold winter and then learning how to get into a conversation with people at their door and then saying, here's a list of services that I offer. And this flyer had everything on it from dog walking, window cleaning, car washing, flat pack assembly, little bits of painting, decorating, anything I felt I could do to get money. And I kind of succeeded at that and it grew and it became Team Super where I was then leading a team of eight people that had matching uniforms, matching vans, and it was great fun. But the truth is, is that nobody had taught me how to lead teams of people, how to um, interview people and check people's work or manage people. And so what happened was they started to make mistakes and I was then not quoting enough hours in the work to pay the workmen to go back and repair the mistakes they made. So in the end, I, the business wasn't making any profit and then the tax bills were coming in and coming in and then I just couldn't pay them. And in the end, the business was forced into closure. And I ended up owing like, I think about $70,000 in VAT and taxes and things like that and, and another $20,000 on credit cards. And, and I was there on my own in this tiny little flat and I tried everything. And by this point, I'd got into reading a lot of books like uh, Think and Grow Rich, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, um, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People by Steve Covey. And the list just went on and went on. And I became obsessive about reading what does it take to actually succeed in this day and age? You know, I started to question the world, like, why is it so damn hard to just earn some good money? in a way that I enjoy. Like, why is the world so difficult? And I'm sure that many of you listeners right now are in different situations and you know, you've, you've tried everything and, and you're exhausted, you're tired, you're fed up, you're not fulfilled, and you're wondering what you're gonna try next. Or maybe you've been working at something and you're kind of getting results in it, but not really anywhere near to kind of the results that you feel that you deserve with the amount of effort and energy you've put into it. If that's how you feel, I want you to know that I felt that for years. And so I then went on some self-development courses and the ones that really made all the difference to me were in transformational-based learning, which is fundamentally the study of ontology. Ontology is a study of being, human being. And this is the most incredible thing, me, you, the listener, all of us here are human beings. Now, the fact that we're a being gives us the greatest gift ever 
known to any kind of creature, animal, entity in the universe. Why? Because being is a realm of choice. Animals, they react. They can't respond. Something happens, they automatically react to what happens. But a human being has the choice of being. We can choose how we respond to things that happen. And so what I then realized was that if I was going to succeed, I needed to become powerful responding. That in the face of the way the universe and the world was to me, where my power was going to lie was in my ability to respond effectively with the actions that I needed to take to get the results that I wanted, meaning the freedom to travel the world and earn serious money by doing what I love. The only way I was going to accomplish that was if I took the right actions. And as I got more into this transformational work, what I discovered for observing my own transformational breakthroughs and then later on guiding others through the transformational breakthroughs that I was having, because the trainings I was receiving, they were very good, but I found them to be limited. I saw that they were missing what was really going on in the human brain. And what I discovered was that the reason why I kept failing my whole life was because I was creating a reflection of what I subconsciously thought I was and I wasn't. So let me explain what I mean by this. During a transformational coaching conversation with one of my coaches, I was brought back to an event that happened to me when I was three years old. And I was sat in a double push pram with my brother next to me. And it was a beautiful sunny day. I'm three years old and my brother's one. My mother's come out the shop to give me what she's bought. But then I realized that it wasn't for me, it's for my brother. So I put my hands up so she could give me what she bought, but she ignored me and gave it to my brother. And this made me really angry. In that moment, my brother, this thing, had just totally taken all the love and attention away from me in my life. And I got so angry with that. So I leant over and I bit his ear really hard. And he screamed out crying and crying and crying. And by now there's all the family, you know, like other families looking and, and seeing what's going on. And my father runs over to me and he leans right over me and with his index finger points it at my head and says, no, you don't do that. He's your brother. You must love your brother. And in that moment, I felt so embarrassed. Everybody was staring at me. Now my brother was getting even more attention. And now my mother's gone over to him, was now cuddling him and making him feel better. And I'm being shouted at by my dad in that way. And I saw that in that moment, what I was thinking was, I'm just not good enough. Nobody wants me. And it hit me. My whole life had been determined and governed by the way I viewed myself and the world in that moment there. But it wasn't just the way I viewed myself in that moment then. It actually became how I was left viewing myself and the world from that moment on, which meant that I was then being driven from that moment on for the rest of my life, trying to prove to the world that I am actually wanted and good enough, which meant that whenever I was presented with an opportunity to succeed, or the opportunity of coming out as good enough and wanted, I would choose the making sure that I was going to be good enough and wanted rather than actually succeed. And so what happened was in my business, I was all about looking good. I was all about having the right appearance, leading a team of people or being the DJ, the guy that's in the middle. Hey, look at me. All my business ideas were subconsciously skewed by a fear that one day somebody might find out that I'm not good enough and I'm not wanted. Now, for those of you that are listening to this right now and you think, I don't have anything like that. I'm not like that. I'm fine. I'm in action. 
okay, so right now you're sitting down in an audience with a thousand people and the MC runs over to you and the spotlight's on you and they say, stand up. What do you think about this? And they put the microphone in your hand. How, how are you going to be? Are you going to start sweating? Are you going to start trembling in some way? Are you going to be worried about trying to get it right or what you're going to say? If that's the case, then what you're being triggered by are those subconscious views that you have about yourself and the world. And if they're affecting you in that moment there, when you get past the microphone, I guarantee you that the rest of the time, you're avoiding ever being in that kind of a circumstance or situation, which means that you're avoiding selling to people. You're avoiding owning your power. You're avoiding getting yourself on TV, radio, on stage. You're avoiding telling the people that you're an expert and that you are the best at what you do. You're avoiding really having people actually get your greatness because you know deep down that the minute people get how great you are, you've then got to maintain that and you've got to show up as that and then you've got to deliver that. And if you don't deliver that and that falls apart, all your greatest fears are going to come to the surface and they are your subconscious disempowering interpretations that you've created about yourself from your past. And I'm talking about just not even huge traumatic events. You know, people talk about trauma therapy. My father shouting at me wasn't all that traumatic. My father was just loving me and my brother and making sure that we didn't argue and we became loving brothers, that's all. But the way I interpreted it was so crippling to me and my future that it caused me for years to never be able to succeed at anything. But I had no idea that that was running me. Is this making sense to you? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's... Uh a big long backstory and and i just you know kind of a a a, quali- a, a follow-up question you know with the it's, it's just so hard to wrap my mind around somebody recognizing something all the way back to three right um but yeah. but being bullied in school is something i i think is a, a touchy subject for many um and do you feel like you put you were part of putting yourself in that position because of how you felt about who you were because of that situation when you were three that led you down you believed you were failing and they were gonna fail or you're not good enough like how do you feel that whole uh circumstance occurred and then you know kind of how did you fight through it well you've you've absolutely nailed it there it was because i had a view of myself that i'm just not good enough nobody wants me that caused me to lie say things that weren't true just to impress people And the minute that a bully or somebody who has a similar story about themselves senses that, you then become an ideal target. If they get to beat you down, bully you down and break you down in the eyes of others, they get to then build themselves up off the back of that to have make themselves look good. And so instantly when we're not owning our power and we're behaving from like a disempowering way of viewing ourselves in the world, People pick it up. People take advantage. Certainly when we're children, they laugh at us, they bully us. But then as we grow older, what happens is people just don't trust us. People don't want to invest in us. They don't want to work with us. We, are, we don't have the ability to speak to people confidently. We can't close sales confidently. We can't get on stage. We're too tense and nervous to be charismatic and joyful and fun with people, which is the kind of people that everybody wants to do business with. So... But the interesting thing is, it was also the, I'm just not good enough, nobody wants me, that made me as successful as I was. Because in the eyes of others, 
the fact that I got up and I knocked on 4,000 doors to introduce myself as Super Dan, and the fact that within three months I was so busy with handyman jobs I never needed to work for an employer again could be seen as big success. And the reason why I became that determined was because I realized that soon, if I don't succeed, people are going to start realizing that I'm just not good enough. Nobody wants me. So in that context, it actually became the catalyst that had me get in action and then actually succeed. And so what I've discovered is that these ways of viewing ourselves hold us in like a, a band of success. So we'll keep up. Let's say that zero is no success at all. And ultimate success is 10 out of 10. That these disempowering views of, of seeing ourselves keep us at a level five out of 10 success. We won't let ourselves drop down to like a level four or three because then people will start seeing that I'm not this, I'm that. And that's our fear that the world ever finds out that we are that thing. But then at the same time, we won't go past a level six or seven out of 10 because if we do that, then we fear that we can't maintain it or keep doing that thing because then that's going to cause us to then again be discovered and seen by the world as in my case not good enough and not wanted so it it has us both achieve the success that we have but then it has us also be stuck at the level that we currently have so for any of you listeners that are thinking i don't have any of this everything's going fine i'm succeeding well i'm guaranteeing you right now that unless you distinguish what ways of thinking may be holding you back from being in truly effective action, and I mean doing those things that you know you're avoiding to do, you will never go beyond the level of success that you currently have. And this is your lot. That if you wanna break through and transform your life, you gotta transform yourself. And to transform yourself is literally to bring in awareness to ways of thinking that's causing you to not be as effective as you need to, to truly create and live your dream lifestyle. Is this, I, is this making sense? Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, how, when you're telling your story and you're talking about it, you've created a, a double-edged sword. Yeah. And at, at the end of it, no matter how much success you have, you're not going to feel fulfilled because it's just That's not it. who you are. That's it. Right? Yeah. And it's exactly, it's not results dependent. Right. You could have no results and actually feel totally empowered and on track because you're honoring your thing. And you know that if you stick with it, you're going to succeed. And I, and I go through months of that because I play at such a big level that I go through times where it's like I question and I doubt, but I feel empowered because I know that when I crack this, it's going to be earning money in a way that I absolutely love or an impact in the lives of others in a way that I love. Yes. And at the same time, you, we can be enjoying financial success and money and everything else, but we're just not seeing everything that we're accomplished and we don't feel grateful for what we have because deep down there's some story that's triggered or story that's running us, which is I'm not enough. I don't fit in. I don't belong here. I'm not loved. And then no amount of results, whatever we get, are ever fulfilling. So as you said, it's a double-edged sword and there's no way out of it. And you know, I think one of the biggest challenges that I've had as a transformational coach has been selling transformation because people don't get it. And so what I've done now is I've actually shifted into not only selling transformation, but also offering strategy and step-by-step -step processes. 
And that's why I've now created programs that enable these step-by-step process to be able to get those results that really matters, but in a way that's understandable and step-by-step-by-step. You've gone through such a journey here. um, And, and I know, you know, from all the the stuff that you went through to becoming that master of self-education, you know, you probably wouldn't be where you're at today without all of that. But, uh, you know, one of the questions we like to ask everyone on our show is, um, you know, hindsight's 2020. So if you had 2020 vision, if you had the perfect hindsight, you know, could, what advice would you go back and give yourself and when would you do it? Would you go back when you're that three-year-old and be like, gosh, I wish you couldn't, wish you would have done this different, but, or, you know, how about to when you're in high school or, uh, after like, when would you, what advice would you have given yourself to, to give that better hindsight? Uh, I, I mean, when I was very young, I would have said, own that you're different and being different is going to be your thing. Whereas when I was younger, I always wanted to fit in and belong. And I just couldn't. You know, Ron, you're always going to be you. Corey, you're always going to be you. Dan, I'm always going to be me. I can't be anyone else, (laughs) you know? And so the minute we try fitting in or belonging, then we're actually compromising what in our heart is who we are, is what we like and dislike. And I think that what happens then is that many people in business and entrepreneurs, they become generalists. So they start to serve anything and anyone and do every business and everything. And the whole time it's this fear of being left out and failing and they're not going to plan. Whereas if we own our thing, if we own our one speciality, that one thing that we do well and own that obsessively and then start writing books about it, start speaking about it on stage, start posting about that on our social media regularly. What happens is we then become an expert in that one industry and then that's when doors start to open because doors don't open for generalists. Doors only open for experts. I've seen this more and more. So that's the hindsight I'd give myself. Own your difference and own it with power and know that your difference is going to be your success. I love that. And, and you know, I, I'll share a little story because it kind of fits right into this and it's not something that I've shared. I don't think ever, uh, maybe Corey may or may not know this, but I remember distinctly junior high school, ninth grade or seventh grade. I was super shy. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't go around anybody. And I remember one of my friends saying something to me about it and he goes, you know what? Just hang with me. And you can just be around that. You can be around the in crowd. And I remember we went on to summer break and I was like, I was so mad. I was like, that's not fair. He's not going to get that. That is mine. And I actually created Ron cool persona Mm. in seventh grade on summer break, came back different haircut, different clothes. I was a totally different person. Totally different person. And that person never changed until high school. I was the most popular kid in high school, meant nothing. Everyone knew me, mm-hmm. meant nothing, right? Um, I would go to clubs. Everyone knew me. Everyone wanted to be around. I had my little posse. It meant nothing, <laughs> right? But 
at that moment in time, for whatever reason, that persona carried me all the way through and it attracted people, even though it really never meant or did anything positive, right? Mm. And then looking back, it was kind of a waste of time. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was just a waste of time. It didn't get me to where I wanted to go. And so the owning piece, owning who you are, owning being different, being true to yourself, that is is pure power right there. Pure power. Yeah, totally. And and what we're speaking about here essentially is boundaries. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's just not enough information out there about boundaries. So a boundary is where you express uh, a like or a dislike or a feeling that you have and you then make a request that it be honored by the action taken towards you from another. And many people don't even set boundaries And when they don't set boundaries, they then don't honor them. And then they don't make any requests that they're honored. And so what happens is a lot of people have this experience that they have to do a job they don't enjoy. They have to be in a routine they don't enjoy. They never get the job that they want. In the relationship, they always feel like they don't don't occupy any of the space in the building that they share with the other person, you know? And the truth is, is that all that's missing is that individual is not setting and expressing and requesting that their boundaries be owned. And again, this goes back down to what's the subconscious view or interpretation that a human being might have about themselves that avoids saying what they feel, what they like, what they don't like. And that is usually like a way of thinking, which is, I'm not wanted, I'm not loved, I don't fit in, and all these things. Because the, you know, if that was the case, if I'm being I'm not loved, the minute I say, hey, I don't like it when you speak to me like that, my request is that you speak to me kindly and lovingly, because I'm worth that from you. And if you're not willing to do that, within the next seven days, I'm gonna leave. That is what somebody who loves themselves speaks like. For somebody who doesn't love themselves, which is actually a a, a total illusion because everyone loves themselves, but you can't love yourself on top of, I'm not loved, I'm not good enough, I'm not wanted. Yeah, There's only ever clearing work to be done. The empowering rises up through us once the clearing work is done. Somebody's being, I'm not loved. They don't mention, they don't state these things. They don't say, I need this from you. I want this from you. I'm feeling this right now. That makes me angry. Can you please do this? Can you please do that? Because there's this fear. They're going to say, no, I'm not going to do that. And then they experience the I'm not loved, which is their worst fear. So rather than ever experiencing that, they just don't even set their boundaries or speak about their wishes or what they want. And you can see that there's a refinement to this. You get better and better and better at it. At being able to speak and be fully expressed. And I would say that the people that have really mastered this to the highest level are the people that are pitching for billions and billions to top investors in offices in top cities around the world. Yeah, they value their time differently, for sure. Value their time. They say what they're looking for. They say what they do. They say, I'll do you this much for that, or I can do that much for this. No, I'm not interested in doing that. That's not the way I work. If we're going to work together, what I need from you is paying by this date. And I need you to, to fulfill this needs to be filled out. That needs to be filled out. And this needs to be done by then. Same for coaches. 
If you're going to be a powerful coach, you don't have your client tell you when you're going to meet, when you're going to work, what you're going to do. You say to your client, if we're going to work together, you need to be ready for one hour every week. And I need you to organize and schedule your family around you so that you can complete this coaching program, which means that I need you to have a conversation with your family to request that they honor you in supporting you to complete this coaching program so that you can get these financial results that you dream of, you know? All right, Dan, I, we've already had so many gold nuggets here. Um, <laughs> what, what I would like to do, um, I, I would love to, to ask you to join us for another episode. Okay. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Amazing. Perfect. All right. So uh, for this episode, I, I think I would love to get into these strategies that you alluded to a little bit before. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, if you wouldn't mind, you know, we're just going to come right back and, and, uh, and, and let you, let you keep teaching us and serving up these dishes of gold nuggets. So. Yeah, well, what I'm thinking is, you know, to really structure this properly for you, the listener, to just get real value from this, rather than it just being like something you kind of kick back and listen to, why don't we make this something that you can genuinely get massive insights from that you can implement into your life from the get-go? So what I suggest is why don't we host five more episodes and I'll take you and the listener through my five-step successful entrepreneur startup formula. And this is a formula that I've created. And it's something that I've noticed is a five-step process that we need to go through to both become clear on our dream lifestyle and as we want it to be. Then knowing how to break it down into the very most effective actions to take then how to structure the three key environments that most challenge our abilities to actually succeed. So that once we've handled those three areas, we've then cleared all the major obstacles to then creating a future focused mindset, the mindset that's going to make all the difference. And then finally, how to check that we're on track consistently and regularly to then be able to actually tangibly create and live that dream lifestyle. How does that sound? I, I absolutely love it. It'll be like a, Hindsight hacking Danathon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, grab your notebooks and uh, let's get ready to change some lives. Yep. Okay, great. So I'll be seeing you guys again in the next episode. Man, Ron, I don't know uh, about you, but I certainly enjoyed getting to know Dan on a much deeper level. Uh, and, and I sure hope every one of our hindsight hackers did as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's cool about this, this actual episode is we're almost in uncharted territory, back to back to back episodes, where we're going to be sharing Dan's five step successful entrepreneur startup formula. So number one, which is tomorrow's show is dream your dream. Number two, future focused plan. Number three, environment structure. And then number four, focused action mindset. And then obviously my favorite, number five is our focused action plan. But tune in tomorrow where we're actually gonna be launching another show. It's about dreaming your dream and Dan's gonna really help you feel your dream future. Yeah, this, this was such a unique experience and uh, I can't wait for everyone to, to learn as we did. But. For those of you that want a jump start, that want to get ahead, 
definitely just come in, hit the link in the show notes, and it'll take you right to it. The exciting part is we're actually doing a podcastinar. Hey, Ron, what's a podcastinar? A podcastinar? What is a podcastinar? I did make that up. It's it's basically we're taking a webinar format and we're putting in our podcast platform. All right. So tune in, folks, every day uh, for a few days. And remember, you're the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community.